This Podcast Movement 2022 audio session is brought to you by Supporting Cast, the best way to sell and deliver exclusive podcasts. And special thanks to PM22 Virtual Ticket Presenting Sponsor, Amazon Music. Yeah. Hey, my name is Evan. I'm with Focusrite, and we've sponsored this awesome stage here today at Pod- Podcast Movement. Um, I don't know if you stopped by our booth downstairs, but we are showing off the uh, brand new Vocaster series of audio interfaces uh, built from the ground up for podcasters. So super easy to use, uh, lots of gain for your microphones and compression, EQ, all that fun stuff. Uh, but you're not here to hear, or you're not here to hear me ramble. Uh, you are here for uh, Katie and Larry. And they have a great speech coming up, and I hope you enjoy it, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your podcast movement. So, thank you. All right, everybody give it up again for Evan. Come on, give it up for Evan. Thanks, Evan. Appreciate the intro. I can tell just by that clap that the energy is a little low in here right now. But first, I want to congratulate everybody for making it here today. What is it, four? Day four? Day five, Day right? Four. I'd like to do something, though, because I just found out that some friends of ours, they're speaking, I think, in the room next door, and they're giving out mimosas. So no, like, don't tell them that. No, yeah, see, here comes Heather right now. So I'm like, I can't compete with mimosas, okay? So what I want to do before we get started is I'd like everybody, work with me here. Let's change the state of the room a little bit. Everybody stand up for me. We're not going to exercise. Just stand up. Come on. Come on. Come on. Put your bag of chips down, sir, and stand up for me. Come on. I see you. We all see you. He's still, he's still going to sit there, though. That's cool. Now what I want you to do is give yourself a round of applause for making it through this amazing week. This is great. Yes. That is awesome. I did that because I always love starting a talk with a standing ovation. You guys can see Thank you, everyone. Thank you. No, again, seriously, though, I appreciate you coming out. We are here today with our very limited voices to talk to you about streamlining your podcast with a workflow and the tools associated with developing a workflow. My name is Larry Roberts. This is Katie Brinkley. Katie Brinkley. And we have made it today for of podcast movement. So uh, when we got this and went through practicing, I didn't have a laser pointer. So this is very exciting. Uh, But (laughs) let's dive right in. So about me, my name is Katie Brinkley, and I am a social media strategist. I also am a podcast host. Uh, I have a couple podcasts, but my main podcast is called Rocky Mountain Marketing. Uh, My day job, like I said, is doing social media strategy and having a workflow for the podcast, for having the social media is essential. Now, why the heck are are Larry and I on stage? We actually met on a social media app. We met on Clubhouse, and I was a guest on his show. We became friends, and here we are today. I don't know about that laser pointer, because I'm right in the way. I'm going to lose an eye or something. But once again, my name is Larry Roberts. I started podcasting back in 2014 after coming out of rehab and going, what the heck am I going to do with my life? I was in for alcoholism, and podcasting gave me a purpose. So Um, I've had several shows over the last several years. I have one show now called You're the Boss. It's an entrepreneur podcast to help inspire you to be your own boss. And I have three other shows that are in in development as we speak. So I can't stay focused on just one. But hopefully here today, we can help you streamline your podcast with these tools that we use regularly to make ourselves more efficient in our content development. 
So some of the things that we're going to cover in today's session are four reasons why you want to develop a workflow. Why should you even have one? If you have a system that's in place and it's working okay, why should you change anything? Why should you start implementing any software or anything like that? We're going to tell you some different reasons why you should and what a podcast workflow even looks like. Does anybody here, do you currently use any form of a workflow or do you even know what a workflow is? I see a few hands. 50, 50. I see another. That one went up emphatically. That guy's like, yes, me. I use a workflow. I tell you what, it's essential that you implement some sort of work workflow, and we're going to go over why, and it's going to make your content creation so much smoother and so much more enjoyable. We're going to tell you exactly what a workflow looks like. There are six steps, really, that make up a podcast workflow, and we're going to dive into each and every one. We're also going to talk about guests. So if you have an interview podcast, what you want to do to find and manage your guests. Because sometimes if you have a, a, a guest and they don't show up, they end up in a Google Meet for some reason or, or anything like that, we're going to tell you different ways to find podcast guests and to make sure that everyone shows up at the right time at the right place. We're also going to talk about three ways to simplify your editing workflow. Who here edits their own podcast? I'm oh, sorry. Wow. I'm sorry. Because that was always my worst part. I hated it, and I didn't have a workflow. But once I established one, it made things a lot smoother. But, but I still sub it out. But anyways, we're going to help you streamline your editing workflow as well. And we are going to tell you some of our favorite tools that we use on a regular basis to help us streamline our workflow. And software, you know, it is your friend. Uh, it, the, the, a lot of the stuff that we're going to share you are some of our favorite tools. So be sure to take some notes. All right, so let's dive right in. So podcasting can be a challenge. It's definitely a challenge, and I think we can all relate to that. As content creators, very rarely do we find ourselves in a position to where we can do this full time. And we have no other responsibilities in our lives. We can just record our podcast and edit our podcast and publish our podcast and market our podcast. But we can do all those things if we develop a system that's repeatable and that helps us streamline that process. It'll help us avoid falling into that dreaded pod fade phase that so many do. And we're going to talk about those six pillars from planning, research, recording, editing, publishing, and last but certainly not least, Promoting. It's almost as if you want to prep. Oh, oh look, I look, oh, look, oh, look, oh, look, I messed up. That's not the laser. That was there. the next slide. There it is. Look, you're it. supposed to do the laser pointer. I did. I did. No one saw. You give so her right. a new toy. <laughs> give her a new toy right at the start. But yeah, so, if you look at that there, and honestly, I got to be just completely transparent. I just realized this this morning when I was going over this presentation. I was like, Katie, look what this does. If we look at the P R R E P P, kind of says prep. So yes. I wish we had realized that acronym when I was putting this together. It would have been brilliant. So anyways, but that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about prepping and how to help you do that. Prep. Yeah, so moving right along into prepping, the seven Ps, Larry. This is one of my favorite sayings. And while it's only semi-original, I did take it from an old military saying, and I cleaned it up a little bit, and I customized it for a podcast audience. But it's my seven Ps of podcasting. And that's proper, previous, planning, that's the key word, planning, prevents poor podcast performance. So the seven Ps of podcasting, I love alliteration. My English teacher would be so proud. <laughs> so four reasons to, do, to develop a workflow. It increases your efficiency and minimizes mistakes. 
She's been saying maximizes for the last two weeks. I have been saying maximizes. She just loves oh. making the biggest mistakes possible. <laughs> But this is one of the things. When you have an efficient workflow, you are going to minimize all of the different mistakes that you potentially could have. It also allows you to bring in different team members and help scale your, your podcast production. Whether you are delegating out to an editor or you have an assistant or you have a podcast team, if you have a workflow in place, you're going to be way more efficient and you're going to have fewer mistakes for episodes coming out every week or whenever your episodes do come out. Yeah, there you go. There you go. It also helps maintain, and how many times have you heard this word over the last three or four days? Consistency. Are we sick of hearing that word? I see one person saying, no, we're not sick of hearing that word, and that's, I see two. And that's great, because we cannot get sick of hearing that word. It is the absolute essential aspect to anything and everything we do in regards to content, in regards to the social medias, in regards to everything. So you're gonna see consistency on several slides today. And it allows for automation. As we said earlier, software, there's a number of automate, automation software tools out there. And when you include automation as part of your podcast workflow, it's going to free up your time and make you more available for different aspects of your podcast, finding different guests, finding different podcasts for you to guest on, increasing your social media graphics and doing other collaborations. When you implement automation, it makes everything run more smoothly. You said it perfectly. I don't know how I can add to that. Yeah. <laughs> this stat here, this slide, made me really sad. Um, and it actually has been updated since we made this slide. Like, we, we made our slide deck about three weeks ago, and it was 18.7%. I shouldn't have been given a laser printer. But 18.7% um, <laughs> of podcasts are active. That's over 80% of podcasts are inactive. And... One of the reasons is because people get the dreaded pod fade. Yeah, it actually shocked me because this morning I thought I'd look at the stats and see where we're at. And as Katie alluded to, it was 18.7% are active three weeks ago. And active for the sake of this particular slide just means that they've released an episode in the last 90 days. And this is Apple podcast specific. So we're not talking about Google or Spotify or any other uh, platforms where your, where your podcast can live. This is strictly Apple numbers. But... It went from 18.7 in three weeks, it's already down to 18.4%. Now, it doesn't seem like a big drop, but we're talking hundreds of thousands of shows. I think the numbers were 30-some-odd thousand shows that have been removed in the last 90 days. So more and more people are going static, and it's because they get overwhelmed. Have you ever felt overwhelmed? Always felt overwhelmed doing my show, and especially if you have more than one show. It's just flat-out ridiculous. So... Let's get into the meat of the discussion. Let's start talking about ways to simplify your workflow. So three ways that you want to simplify your production workflow is recording in batch. And we're going to dive into the, all of these a little bit more. But you want to set specific days of the month to record your episodes. So this really makes allocating your time easier and it frees you up to do other parts of your podcast, whether it's creating the social media graphics or connecting with other guests or following up with guests, any other part of the podcast production. If you are recording in batch, it's going to make things much easier. Yeah, and building templates. That's another point that we're gonna dig into pretty deep here. A lot of times we think about templates and we only think of it from maybe a graphics perspective. But there are templates that we can use in all aspects of our development process. You can use templates in your editing software. You can use templates for your graphics. You can use templates in your interviews if you have an interview-based podcast. We're going to talk about that more in depth in the coming slides. 
And again, I, we, we keep talking about software, but utilizing different software options. So whether it's your podcast hosting platform or using a, a calendar or anything like that, there's a number of software tools out there that will help streamline your workflow. So the secret to a simplified workflow is batching or batching because it's a secret. I don't know it's a secret. You're supposed to whisper. Um, <laughs> yes. So batching. batching is going to save you time and help make you more consistent. So just for example, when I first started my podcast back in April of 2020, I was given the gift of time like so many other people out there. And I was looking for guests to come onto my show. And everyone said yes. There was a day that I literally recorded six podcast episodes. I don't even know. I, and yes, yes, exactly. That was exhausting. <laughs> I did hear. Um, I heard that. I, I was like, oh my God. Somebody <laughs> said, shh. But, but it was exhausting. I don't even remember half of what we talked about, and it's hard to be on for that long. If you are batching your content, you set aside a set day or time of the week to always produce your episode. You can always have that on. You can do your research, and you always can make sure that you are a couple weeks ahead. Another example, now, every Wednesday is my, is my podcast recording day. That is the only time I am going to be recording any of my guests from here until next May. In May, I open up Tuesday, uh, open up Wednesdays and Thursdays so that I can get ahead. I work a reduced workload in the summer because I have two small children, and I do a lot of swim team practice runs and shuttling kids around, so I don't have time to go into my office and into my studio and record podcasts. So I had all of this summer done back in May, and now I'm just now starting to get started again, but I have all my episodes done through mid-September. That's amazing, because I can remember back when I first started podcasting and was having guests, I was just anxious. Seth, don't yawn. I mean, you're my boy. I just, you just, my, my main man just yawned on me while I'm talking here. No, I'm just kidding. Not really. But <laughs> I am no, a I remember. And I will use it. I remember what. <laughs> I remember when I first started podcasting. I was trying to get guests, and I was so desperate to get guests and make my show successful that I would literally record any time. You'd be like, "Yeah, I can do Tuesday at 10 p.m." And I'm like, "Oh, okay, great. I'm there." But next thing you know, you've got people scheduled all hours of the day. You're going home for lunch from the office to try to record an episode. It's just chaos. So the way that Katie does it, man, I wish I'd have known that right out of the gate. Another perspective on batching your guests is my clients that I work with tend to be brands, businesses, and organizations. So a lot of them like to do their podcast in seasons. So there's times that they'll come into the studio, they'll schedule essentially a week for content creation. They'll come in and three to four days out of that week, depending on how long their quote unquote season is, typically it's 12 to 16 episodes, and they'll spend three or four days in the studio knocking out three to four episodes per day for that entire week. Then guess what they get to do? Other projects. They got everything knocked out in batch, they leave all the production up to us, and they go about their merry way. So batching is absolutely essential to streamlining everything that you're doing. And if for some reason you get sick or you lose your voice, you've been at podcast movement all week, you've been yelling at the after parties, you can't talk, you've got content there to publish on a consistent basis. The second secret is templates. Um, so I'm going to talk just quickly about social media templates. So with using a template and you have your headshot from your guests or if you have a variety of different uh, social media graphics that you're using, you can very easily just change out the title, utilizing Canva or, or, or Photoshop, but having a social media template that you can drag and drop and update on a regular basis so you're not just using your cover art for every single episode and getting people tired of seeing your cover art in their feeds, 
a template is going to solve that. Yeah, templates are great. And as I alluded to earlier, you don't just have templates for your social media uh, content, your, your assets for social media. You can use templates in your editing software. I know there's a wide variety of editing software out there, but the vast majority will allow you to set up a template. And even if it won't allow you to set up a template, you can set up a saved file where you can just keep your intro and your pre-recorded outro in there. And then for each episode, you just come in, you drop that final cut, and you've already got a template for that episode. So we can get a little creative with the concept of templates. You can use it for editing your audio. You can use it for your social media graphics. I mentioned earlier that you can also use it for your episodes. Anybody heard of John Lee Dumas? Nobody's heard of John Lee Dumas? <laughs> I mean, that was one of those where I expected every hand to go up. I'm like, they'll definitely raise their hand for this question. This will be a winner. JLD has the same, and I don't know if he still does this, but I know when I first started listening to JLD, had the same 10 questions for every guest for every episode. Now, for me, that got a little monotonous because I tried it. As a new podcast, I was like, it's working for this cat. I'm going to give it a try. Failed miserably. But for some people, that style works. So you know exactly what you're getting with every episode. You know exactly where to take the conversation with every episode. And it's an episodic template. So think of templates a little more broadly and look for ways to apply them to your own processes. And the third secret to a simplified workflow is utilizing software. Uh, one of my favorite software tools we're going to talk about here on the next slide, but there's a number of different tools out there, whether from a calendar to uh, websites to Zapier. Zapier makes you happier. It, she just wanted to say that. She's like, I've got to say that on stage. Yes, uh, but, but there's a number of different tools out there that are set to help make automation for your podcast even easier. Utilize these tools. If they're out there, if it's $10 a month for something, think about the time that it is going to be saving you in the long run. Again, you nailed it. I mean, I, I've got nothing. <laughs> All right. What does a podcast workflow look like? I come from corporate, so I did not like the term workflow at all um, because that meant I had to go buy somebody else's little box. But it works oh, when you have a workflow. This is a preview of the workflow. We got there a little sooner than we thought. No, it's all good, for real. How, how many of you have ever done a workflow? Anybody? You ever put together a workflow? Look at all of that. That's a lot of hands. You've never heard of JLD, but you've done workflows. That lets, lets me know that we're dealing with a lot of corporate folks. I was a corporate IT guy. I was an analyst. So everything that I did had to have a workflow. It had to be documented. And I loathed it. I sat there every time I had to start a new project and write a workflow. I'm like, what is the purpose of this? I could just be knocking out the assigned task. But having a workflow lets not only you know what the next steps are in the process and the application that you're developing, but it also lets you hand it off to others. So if you're offloading some of your production, whether it's aspects of your production or the entire process of your production, having a documented workflow will help you out tremendously. So I highly recommend that you put one together. This next slide that Katie is showing is, talks about the workflow. What Correct. does a podcast workflow look like? And we touched base on it just at the, at the very first of the presentation. It was prep, prep, right? Accidentally prep. We found that. But anyways, again, it's plan, research, record, edit, publish, and promote. So it's just in that order. That's exactly what we're going to do each and every time. Now, we're going to dig into each of these as we progress, but that's really all the steps that are involved. 
all six. So before we dive into how to plan research prep, all of the, the fun prepping, um, how often new episodes are published? Now this came from Buzzsprout, and this really surprised me, the statistics here from, from Buzzsprout, because I assumed that majority of the podcasts out there were like mine, that they were all weekly. Uh, but as you can see here, it's, it's actually the second most. Most podcasts come out every eight to 14 days or 40%. But this one, this is the one that surprised me. Like this is not, this doesn't seem regular at all. And with that, it, it, it shows me that there's some people that are having a hard time remaining consistent with their podcast productions. Yeah, I, I never would have expected people to release monthly at that percentage rate. I mean, I just thought all podcasts came out pretty much weekly. And then there were some crazy people that did it every day. But... <laughs> Even the fact that there's 6% that do it every one to two days, that still blows my mind. Even with the best workflow ever, I could never do a daily podcast. So these numbers are really interesting to me. We thought they'd be interesting for you as well. All right, so we're gonna dive into the guest portion of your pod. So who here has a, a, a podcast where they have guests? Okay, so majority of you. So this is one of the hardest parts for, for me when I was first getting started was managing my guests. and. When I implement, so I use Acuity for my, my calendar set, scheduling um, for my podcast, for, for all of my scheduling, but even for my podcast. And when I implemented the software and set up all of the parameters of only Wednesdays between 10 a.m. and 1 p.m. are when I'm going to do my podcast, that's when my guests can book. But in there, I have everything filled out. Everything from uh, you, uh, upload a headshot here, give me your bio here. Uh, you know that you are going to have to show up with a microphone. Who's ever had a guest show up and just had the computer mic? Yeah, only, only a few. Okay, okay. So well, but it's they've got really great guests. Know, they show up prepared. I know. Well, but that's the thing. Is this is your podcast? Don't you want it to sound great? Even if it's just using you know the Apple dongle microphone for the earbuds. I would not allow that. Uh, you're so, you're so, man, cracking the whip over here, Larry. But but that's the but that's the thing. You know, in there I say, you know, you, you need a microphone. We are going to put this out on YouTube, so show up camera ready. My guests know that when they show up for my shows, they're going to have to come, and this is going to be a serious podcast. That that I'm taking this seriously, and they should too. Yeah. So the the next step here in finding guests, there are agencies that you can use. There's booking agencies. Uh, sometimes when you say there's booking agencies, you get kind of a groan from the audience because they've had bad experiences using booking agencies. There are some very reputable booking agencies out there that do a very, very good job. There's also a variety of websites out there where you can sign up to either find guests or be a guest. And man, my voice cracked. Be a guest. If you're old enough to remember Bobby Brady, that's what that felt like right there. Uh, but we have a couple of sites that we really prefer. Um, and I, I kind of want to dive into the agencies just a little bit deeper because I personally made a huge mistake and I want to make sure you don't make this mistake as well. I started working with an agency that was great. I mean, they sent me great guests. They sent headshots. They sent bios. They sent everything. I mean, it was uh, amazing. And I loved what they were doing and I looked at it as, wow, this is a way to streamline my process. I don't have to search for guests anymore. Okay? Now, I would look at their bio and I'm like, all right, that sounds cool. Yeah, we'll have them on. That's great. But what was happening was these people would come on my show and then they're gone. There was no relationship established. There was no mutual value established. 
They came on my show, recorded an infomercial, and then ghosted me. And that was my mistake. I allowed that to happen. So I'd like for you to be aware of that. I mean, it sounds great. I cut that part, that part out of my process, saved me a ton of time, but it also completely devalued my show. So when you are using these tools, think of the overall scope and the impact that they may have if you choose to use them. Now this next one is my favorite. One, because I work with social media, but two, uh, because this is how I got to meet Larry. So Larry and I met on the social, who, whoever here was on, on Clubhouse back in the day? A lot of us, yeah. So I mean, that was kind of the podcaster's favorite platform for about a year. And, <laughs> and, but that's how I met Larry. And it's still, it's still around. Uh, Fireside is around. Wisdom, Owl, uh, there's Twitter Spaces. And if you're going on these social audio apps, it is a great spot to talk to people and hear how they're going to pitch your, pitch your show, what kind of value they're going to bring. And you can create amazing friendships. Yeah, I mean, that, that goes back to the value that's established in having guests that you've actually sought out on your show. And spoken to. Yeah, it, it's, it makes all the difference in the world. And social audio is such a tremendous resource for us. Uh, and I kind of want to plug a clubhouse room. It's put on by a friend of mine, Mark Ronick. It happens every day. And I know a lot of us got a bad taste in our mouth with clubhouse going, oh, it's just a pitch fest. That's why I left. I got tired of being sold every time I went into a room. But there is a, a uh, podcast-centric room Monday through Friday, rain or shine, and it's for one hour. It's 6 a.m. Central, so hopefully you live on the, uh, on the East Coast, so it's at least 7, because I don't make every room because that's early and I'm from here in Dallas. But i got to tell you, there's 30 to 40 people in that room every day, and there's amazing podcast tips and content in there that everyone can, can get a lot of value out of. Also, if you are trying to get more guesting opportunities, I utilize Instagram and LinkedIn like crazy. Instagram you would be surprised on where you can go down a hashtag hole, all the shows that you can find to potentially guest on. And you can also do this on LinkedIn when you are showing up on a regular basis. You can talk to people in the DMs. You can find new shows to guest on. And again, that's how I started my show, was, was on LinkedIn. I was searching for people that lived in the Denver area that had the title of business owner, and I wanted to talk to them. And it opened up a lot of doors for me because I was showing up in their DMs to actually have a conversation and not showing up to be like, hey, you want to get on my calendar and blah, 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 buy from me because um, I hate those DMs. So. You know, it just dawned on me that I, I actually I pitched a clubhouse room and I was crying about being pitched in clubhouse rooms. That's <laughs> kind of weird, wasn't it? I was like, that was kind of a wrong move. But anyways, no. Um, requiring a media kit and, and headshot, we talked about that briefly. Whether you do it in your calendar, uh, your calendar tool or whether you do it outside of the calendar tool, doing that ahead of time will help you out tremendously. I can't reinforce that enough as well. All right, so my favorite part of the session, the tools that we love because these tools have made our life so much easier. So very first one up here is my favorite, Podmatch. So it is like match.com for podcasters. Uh, and there's a number of tools that are out there for finding and matching podcast guests and their hosts. But you get three new matches a day. And so if, if you, you can really get a ton of people in through your, your wheelhouse and conversations started every single day, if whether, again, you want to be a guest or a host, people are on here to, to do podcasting. So, you know, I mean, like for me, it's been a great tool to find quality guests because these guys want to talk on my podcast and, and I want to talk on there. So can't recommend Podmatch enough. 
I just want to give a shout out to whoever named it because if it's, it's like match.com for podcasters and pod match. Okay, very, yeah, creative. Yeah. Loved it. All right, next one up here is Canva. Okay, so when you think about it, Canva offers both a paid and a free version. And it is, in my opinion, the best way for literally everyone who doesn't have a degree in design, um, doesn't go to art school, and doesn't do Photoshop, uh, for us to do graphics that look amazing. And again, I, I said earlier, it was, it, it's not, they have a paid version and a free version. The paid version is like 10 bucks a month. And all the things that you get from it, whether it's uh, stock imagery, stock video, it is worth every single penny. Yeah, 100%. Now, I'm a little bougie. I do love my Photoshop. So I do a lot of my templates set up and a lot of my output from Photoshop because I can do a few more tips and tricks in there that I can do in Canva. However, I cannot live without Canva. I mean, if for one reason enough, it, the background removal tool is just as boss as it gets. It even does a better job than Photoshop in some instances, and it's the click of a button. So uh, you would go to my Canva account. There's a ton of stuff in there. I could not get by without it. We highly, made, we made highly this recommend. In Canva. We made this presentation in Canva. Yeah, we did make this yeah. presentation in Canva. Yeah, see what you can do with Canva? Uh, but, but, and then also, really fast too, on Canva, if you are utilizing social media, all these social media platforms have different sizes that are best utilized, and you can make one graphic, so if I wanted to use this entire graphic here and turn it into an Instagram story, all I have to do is click a button and it will resize it, reformat all of it just for in the Instagram story sizing. So Canva is an incredible tool and I think worth every single penny. I just want to see if we're preaching to the choir. How many people use Canva? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Right. We could have left that slide out. Uh, hopefully, for those of you that don't use it, the five of you that don't, hopefully you got some value out of that slide and you'll give it a shot. Adobe Express? That's not on the slides, Heather. I mean, come on. Do you want to come? Do you want? We'll pass the mic here in a bit. This next, oh, she, I, love, I love how Kitty goes, you're up. It's Trollo. Does anybody use Trello? Okay, cool. Anybody use Asana? Wow, I really did not expect to see that many hands with Asana especially. Uh, but it, both of them are tremendous project management tools. And I've learned to leverage Trello for all of my podcast production. I use it for all of my clients. I use it for my individual shows. I literally use it for every aspect of my life. Uh, not really, but for my podcast life. Uh, what you can do with Trello, and you can kind of see it on this slide. I regret that I didn't have the ability to actually walk you through a Trello board. I can do it. I have the laser. But, oh, we do have a laser pointer. How cool is that? You can set up. <laughs> the, the laser pointer got me. I'm sorry. No, what you can do is you can set up different segments of, of your process. You can set up your workflow. You can put up all six segments of your workflow as columns here within Trello. And within each of those columns, you can assign tasks. So as you dig deeper into every step of the process for each of those processes of your workflow, those tasks can be managed from within the workbook right there. So you can assign the task to different individuals. If you happen to have people on your team, you can assign certain tasks to different people on the team. They know that it gets assigned to them. They can go then and fulfill that task and then take and simply drag and drop that task into a completed bucket. So it makes streamlining the process and allowing you to go in and kind of get an overview of exactly where you're at 
within the publishing of each and every one of your episodes or your series. It just depends on how you want to leverage it. But this may seem overly complex for some folks to just have an, uh, just a, a small show and they're just doing it because they, I don't know, want to talk about their, their favorite TV show or something. But if you utilize it even to just the slightest extent, it still gives you a very high level and manageable overview of where you're at in your production process. So I highly recommend you check it out. Uh, Asana is another great option, but it's a bit more complex in my personal opinion than Trello. And it's a little more cumbersome for a, a new user to get accustomed to. This is very drag and drop, very user friendly, and it's very, very helpful. And before we move on to the next slide, I, I did not use uh, Trello before connecting with, with Larry. And as you grow and scale your, I do now, and as you grow and scale your podcast and start having more people in the prod, podcast production process, that was kind of a hard thing to say, um, it's going to make it a lot easier for you to see where everything is. Hey, am I still waiting on this graphic to be done? Or I, that was a great episode. I want to reshare the, the reel that I made, you know, later on, you know, because it did so great the first time. I'm going to share another reel. You can find all of that very easy when you have a Trello board set up like this. Oh, this is me again. It's you again. These are my slides. Riverside. Anybody use Riverside? All right. I thought I heard somebody go, wah, wah, wah. I thought I heard that come over here. <laughs> I was like, man, somebody hates Riverside. But <laughs> I personally love Riverside. Now, the vast majority of podcasters, what do we use to connect with our guests on? I'm going to guess most of us would say we use Zoom. Zencaster, love Zencaster, another great option right there. But using Zoom, Zoom's great. It gets the job done. It was built for connecting. Say that again? It, Zoom was, was designed for connecting. Say that again? I'm just kidding. No, it was just built for connecting, literally. It was just made for us to be able to connect with each other and look and see and hear each other. It's not designed for content creation. So whether it's the video aspect of Zoom or whether it's the audio aspect of Zoom, everything you see there is pretty low res and it's very, very compressed. And you hear those audio artifacts in that compression. I love Riverside because you don't get that on Riverside. Riverside is designed for the creator in mind. That almost rhymed, but anyways. No, it's designed as a creation platform. So everything you get is in high definition. The video is in high definition. The audio is in high definition. And another amazing thing, and I know you can kind of do this in Zoom too, but it provides individual tracks for editing. Does everybody know what that means? You get a track or you get an audio file for everybody in the conversation. Riverside also gives you an individual track for everybody involved at the video level as well. So that makes the editing process so much easier. Have you ever tried to edit an audio file that's two or three people talking in one track? It's a freaking nightmare. And really, it's just almost impossible. You know, you end up cutting out segments of the conversation, and before you know it, the conversation doesn't even make sense. So that's why I love Riverside. It gives you that flexibility. It gives you that high quality video and audio content. And they, have, they handle all the heavy lift, lifting on their servers. So you don't have to have, have a lot of space on your machine, on your local machine, whether it's a laptop or PC. They keep it on their servers and you just download it as needed. So that's really nice for file management as well. And then one more thing on, on Riverside here. I include the Riverside link for all of my shows. 
in the calendar. So when somebody books the time with me, when it shows up on their calendar, it has the direct link in there. So you have the actual link for people to show up. I don't know how many of, of you have ever been a guest on another podcast and all of a sudden you're like, wow, they do their recording through Google Meet? That's really interesting. So um, because it automatically populates you know, through, through Google, Gmail. But you can actually include the Riverside URL directly for your Yeah, and I mean, that, that takes us back to some of the automation we were talking about as well. You know, a lot of these, we're talking about a lot of third-party pieces of software here, but a lot of them have APIs or integrations that you can leverage with other third-party apps. I'm getting a little IT techie here, but it allows you to connect these individual pieces of software to work together as, an in, uh, as a single unit. So always look for that when you're deciding what software options you, Seth was yawning again. But <laughs> always look for the... <laughs> I don't know why I make eye contact every time he yawns. I'm like, look, it's, oh, it's Seth yawning. But no, look for those integrations in every piece of software that you use because you'll be surprised how many different individual pieces of software work with each other in tandem to create one seamless product. And last but not least, uh, I have to include something from the, the social media side of things in here because it is essential for your podcast. You want to promote it. And Flick is one of my favorite tools. So uh, data, analytics, all of that you need to be paying attention to. And Flick actually does a great job of telling you what hashtags work. What time of day is the best time for you to post? Hey, is, is Tuesday at 3 a good time for a, a picture or for a video? All of that is included here in Flick, and you actually have the ability to schedule everything. Um, they have Instagram implemented right now. Facebook, I think, is coming any day now, and so is TikTok. But as you can see here, um, you know, the, this is the different days and times that these posts are going to go out. You have their own library. And then my favorite, again, the analytics. So if you are utilizing hashtags, you're trying to get more organic reach, you can see which hashtags are working, which ones aren't, when you're trending on hashtags. So check out flick.tech. It is one of my favorite tools for scheduling and really doing a deep dive onto what is working with your social media. I just love the name. Just like Flick. I've never used Flick, but she loves it. So I, I love it too, even though I've never used it. So we're coming up to the end of the presentation. So we're going to invite Evan from Vocaster back. No, I'm just kidding. Not really. Um, what I'd like me to do is take a time. And I know this is QR code overload right here. But what you can do is take a shot of the screen, pull it up on your machine at the house, and then scan each QR code. And it'll take you to the software that we recommended in our five tools that we love. And I, I just love that QR codes have come back because I feel like seven years ago we saw them everywhere and nobody had the actual software on there. The yeah, they were horrible yeah, seven years yeah. ago. And I can remember being at Walmart yeah, yeah. and I can remember trying to scan a QR code and I couldn't get the damn reader to read. But now they're, they are every, they're everywhere. I mean, and they're great. But that, that is our full presentation today on workflows. Does any, we do have about four minutes left of the presentation. Does, we have a few questions. Good, present, good presentation, guys. I'm Robert from DogWorks Radio. Just a quick question on Trello. Do you guys create a new board for every episode or just reuse the same one over and over? I use the same board per episode. I have different boards for each client and different boards for each shows, but I use the same board over and over for the episodes. Guys, I have a question for you with regard to Riverside, Squadcast, whichever one anybody's using. Sure. We deal with some congressional, state legislature type things. We don't know what they're using, and they don't know what they're using. It's like, 
the easy way is I just got to send them a Zoom because if we confuse them, we lose them. So any recommendations or suggestions or have you encountered anything like that? Because they have to be on Chrome. Honestly, I was involved a at a very low level when I was still in corporate. I left corporate two years ago to do this full time. And I know we were struggling to find a secure platform where we could conduct high level meetings and feel secure in the fact that our content's not going to get leaked or hacked and siphoned off. But honestly, as I stand here right now, I, I, I couldn't give you any insight to the security measures on the individual platforms. Didn't mean that, just, this, just the ease of access. Because you, you get a senator or a congressperson, they, they look if you say, oh, did you, is it, is it are you using Chrome? They, they don't know. And it's like, have you run into a situation, or has anybody run into those situations and well, been able to alleviate it? Do you want to take that? I mean, I was going to say that from that perspective, it seems to me that Zoom, it's the most familiar and the most common. So in, in that situation, depending on who you're dealing with and your audience that you're dealing with, yeah. I would probably still recommend you use Zoom just for the simplicity and the familiarity with it. Did I say yes. that right? Familiarity with it? I, I'd stick with Zoom. Just one more thing real fast, and then we can go on to, to this gentleman back there. But um, one of the things that I do is I have a 10-minute pre-call with all of my guests. And I kind of go over everything that they are going to be answering in their you know, client or not client, podcast guest booking. And I asked them like, hey, so I actually record on Riverside. It's just like Zoom, it works best. Are you familiar with it? And if they aren't, then I can give them a, a quick walkthrough on how to actually use, the, use Riverside. Hey guys. Uh, hey. Long, long night. <laughs> um, so I do uh, two daily shows. And this is really, I, I think I'm just kind of sharing some experience with everybody here. I do two daily shows, one five days a week, one seven days a week, and then I do two weekly, show, uh, two weekly shows and a quarterly. Uh, and I have ADHD. If anybody see me back here, I'm kind of like <laughs> bouncing around a little bit. Uh, and I used to be the kind of guy who would think, if, you, if I get organized, I'm going to be less good than as I am when I'm just off the cuff riffing. And what I found was that as soon as, and it's due in large part to both of you, as soon as I started using tools to get myself organized, it was a struggle to make it happen. Uh, but once it did, the content ends up being a lot better, more organized. You deliver the value to the listener more than you did before. So for any of you who are like me, you're, you're reading this and you're like, oh, well, shit, I don't know if I'm actually going to be able to pull all these parts together and make it work. Uh, it, it's really worth it. So just a hat tip to you guys. Thank you for the plug, Thank Tanner. You. Thank you. Appreciate that. We planted him back there actually before the show. Hey, Larry. Hey, what's happening? You didn't say the name of the clubhouse room. I didn't say the name of the clubhouse room because I can't think of it off the top of my head. So, <laughs> but thank you for calling me out on that. I appreciate it. But it's, it's, it's put on by Mark Ronick, M-A-R-C, Ronick. Oh, it's called the Podcast Morning Chat. I love, John, thank you so much for filling us in. Thank you. A quick question, social media schedulers. Is there, uh, do you have... Uh, Recommendations for one that covers multiple platforms, not just Insta, uh, and allows you to repeat posts. So like we do stuff that would repeat annually so we can post it once and forget it. Yeah, so I mean, d depending on the social media platform that you utilize the most, uh, there's even a free one that's built into Meta. Um, so the Meta Creator Studio, AKA Facebook. But um, so you can then schedule for free repeatedly um, on Facebook and on Insta with their creator studio. You can also use a tool called Loomly. 
Um, this is another great tool. You just don't get all of the data and analytics like with hashtags um, that you get with Flick. So if you are utilizing something, um, I, I really recommend Loomly a lot. And then um, Later is another great one for Instagram specific scheduling. But feel free to connect with me later because we only have a few more seconds left, but happy to share. I think we, we're actually over by 33, 34, 35. Oh. But we'll take one more. I, think, I thought I saw another hand out there, and I don't want to leave anybody hanging. There was a couple more hands. A couple more hands. If we can make them quick, we'll, I'll hit it. We'll do like one more. Where's the, who's the, I saw right. somebody. Right, right up front here. Right here, right up, right up front here. Or what, there too. I'm trying to get somebody over here because we got like five over there. Okay, yeah. So uh, on the podcast I work on, we reach out to guests and booking, doing that where we propose a day, does it work for you? It just becomes a hassle. So you mentioned that you use certain websites, but you didn't mention a specific website. Do you use a website for like giving potential time options for people that they can select or something like that? Yeah, that's, uh, so I use Acuity. Uh, Larry, you use? I'm not as bougie, I use Calendly. So I'm, I'm just your average Joe. Yeah, so Calendly, you have the op option to actually do proposed times. So, like, if there's four people that are trying to get in, you can say, like, hey, which one works the best? And people can be like, hey, four people selected this time, so that's the time that we're going to use. And that is a Calendly integration. There's a really, really cheap one called TidyCal. It's not very well known. It's put out by AppSumo. And you can, can you say that one more time? Because I, I can't hear you up here. It, what was it? it it's called TidyCal, like tidy, like clean, T-I-D-Y-C-A-L.com. It's put up by AppSumo, and the great thing about it is that it's a one-time annual for like 50 bucks, and you own it forever. It has a little bit of reduced functionality, but for podcast booking, it's great. Cool. Well, thanks, everybody, for coming. And Larry and I will be up here if you have any other questions. But Thank we you really so much, everybody. It. Appreciate it. There's one more session to go. One, one more, more session. session to go. And then we'll see you all at the networking event.